Hello, this is episode 252 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Riley. I think this might be take 152. I've never known there to be so much noise trying to record a podcast. So here goes. So I'm going to record two podcasts together. They do go together, but they may not seem to. If we don't heal the ancestral patterns in our family, we can't heal them in humanity. So let's start with the family. This podcast is about gaslighting the the masculine parent and how narcissism is different in masculine energy rather than feminine. We focus a lot on mothers rather than fathers. And for the sake of keeping this podcast gender free, I'm going to talk about feminine and masculine energy. I'm going to talk about how daughters in particular end up being pseudo partners. They often replace the separated parent as a partner and this affects their relationships for life. It's a very toxic situation to happen. And a big part of this is how children view their parents in marriage separation. Children, particularly teens, don't often see that their parents have changed as people because they haven't yet got to experience them that themselves in life. They haven't gone through the transitions. Like There's such a vast difference between being 12, being 16, being in your early 20s, being in your early 30s, and you know much later in life. And because you haven't hit those milestones and those changes yourself, it's very hard to imagine that your parents have gone through those transitions. And that, you know, people don't always have the benefit of growing together and, you know, balancing and, you know, everyone contains an element of masculine and feminine energy within them. And that often that it's taken a huge amount for a parent to separate from the partner. And that that's a process that's maybe taken years to come about and that they're not the same people who entered the marriage or who entered the relationship and had children together. And so a lot of this, those dynamics, are simply not seen by the teens. And so they find themselves in these situations almost being asked to take sides without understanding the full dynamics. And it's important, I'd like you to remember that I'm recording this podcast for teens, not for adults. If I was, you know, I'm writing a much more complex book for adults at the moment, but I have covered a number of these topics for teens in a teen book about two years ago. If I was recording this for adults, I direct you back to the episode I recorded a few weeks ago on the balance of masculine and feminine energy. It's really important that we realize that both of those aspects are in both parents, but that these are often out of balance. And as it's as this imbalance continues and it's projected onto each generation that we end up with these scenarios following through. And so often the women who have left these relationships have gone into them because they experienced the same dynamics growing up within their own family lives. And we're only starting to now to have a broader spectrum of different family dynamics and different family situations to even begin to think about the complexities of that conversation. And often when I do work with it, particularly in Ireland, it's very much, you know, the the husband and wife, the man and woman dynamic that's happening. And so that whole conversation has broadened out as well. And I think a lot of teens 
Um, I've already recorded a podcast on how generationally there's a massive gap there for them because they don't identify with those roles as being as straightforward as well. So that's another aspect of, of it as well that's happening. So what is gaslighting? It's a fancy way to shift the ground, change the facts, tell stories, make you question the truth, often make you take sides against another person. It's an aspect of creating divide and conquer. That's really what gaslighting is about. It's about making you distrust your own judgment, making you question reality. It's like trying to make you live in quicksand, basically. And this always is about creating the aspect of picking the side of the person who's gaslighting. That's their ultimate aim in this. And this creates a huge distortion in your relationships going forward in life. Can you ever trust? And if you can't trust, you can't have intimacy. And that and that's not just intimacy in terms of sexual relationships, it's in terms of close friendships. If you can't trust people, you can't open up to them and you can't talk to them and you can't let people close. You end up having really skewed boundaries. You don't know if you can rely on other people. You've been asked to take a role from a younger age in this kind of pseudo-relationship where you've been asked to step into a role that's not your role. You're, you're not supposed to be the parent or be the partner. You're supposed to be the child. And because those boundaries have been crossed so much, you don't know if you're able to rely on others. You don't feel protected. The worst has happened in a way, so you always imagine that the worst will continue. You don't have a role model of how you should allow people to treat you and what you should expect. You end up constantly questioning others' motives, always expecting there to be a barter system in place. You don't expect any good to be given to you unconditionally. You always expect that someone has an agenda with you. They always expect to want something from you in return, even if that's to simply want you to be the messenger to carry back the stories to the other parent. But there's always an agenda playing out in the background. There's always some agenda in picking a certain person's view, picking their stories, picking their truth, and not knowing what you can trust in the end. Nothing is ever unconditional. And that's a huge level of distrust to go into any relationship with afterwards. And as a result of that, because you don't let people close and because you can't depend on people, you don't like to ask for help. And that can be help for all sorts of things. It can be help for something as simple as um, a task that you need to do for school or an opinion on how someone else is treating you or some other scenario that's playing out in your life, you don't. You have a distrust that you can't ask for help or you can't talk things out honestly. There's a really skewed sense of being good enough and being good at things and owning your own self-worth. We get into a routine of, with people who are gaslighting, ultimately everything that they do is for attention. And so... We only do tasks and are good enough at tasks in order to, to seek attention. You're constantly seeking validation from outside. And that can become a very destructive form of attention seeking. And you think the only way to gain that attention is by being good enough. 
it's a very warped way of behaving. You have a real lack of understanding between real versus false emotions. There's a huge amount of emotional blackmail being used as a tool to suck you in, for one person to always be in victim mode, for you to always feel guilty towards somebody else. And that's a form of attention seeking as well. You're always expecting someone to be the victim. You're never expecting, I think, I think this is the aspect because you don't see how the parents have changed over the years. You may not see how maybe one person has grown enough and can't tolerate certain behavior in a relationship and has grown in their own self-worth. And so that's why they haven't stayed in the dynamic. Whereas someone else who it may possibly have suited them to stay in a very victim mindset and to be very manipulating and play a lot of games and create a lot of guilt around other people, that it suits them to stay in that in that victim space rather than actually grow. And so they try to make you take their side and to feel sorry for them rather than expecting them to be the best of themselves or expect that they could do better, or could be better, or could be happy, or could move on with their own life, or could grow in the same way as your other parent has. You can get into a sense of overachieving, putting excess pressure on yourself. I've met students who like fall asleep in their school uniforms because they study so hard in order to prove themselves. And there's an aspect that because a lot of that is set around this sense of validation, Often the people who are gaslighting you, it doesn't matter what you do, nothing is ever good enough. So even if you do better in your test this month than you did last month, it's still not good enough. You still could have done better. Um, you're constantly told you don't look well or you've put on weight or you're not fit enough or you don't have the right friends or you're not doing well enough in the sports team or you don't have a good enough position. It's, it's all about knocking you constantly so that you feel like you can't ever be good enough because they're doing this comparison all the time where they want you to feel worse about yourself than they feel about the, who, where they're at. So it's another, it's another sort of twisted game that takes place in order to bring the attention back to themselves. And the complete opposite can happen. You can end up having no motivation as well because does it matter what I do? There's no point to it. I can never be good enough. And so people just completely opt out of trying at all to do anything because nothing's ever going to people, please. There's no mediation in, in the behavior. It's like a pendulum that swings from one extreme to the other. There's no balance point. You don't develop any sense of yourself, any sense of your own talents or your own words or your own gifts. The other person doesn't want you to feel good about yourself. They want you to have is develop the worst negative self-talk demons on your shoulder too and to be able to criticize you through life. It makes you unable to have a go or take a chance or take on something new or not to always feel that you have to be perfect, that you just you can't just ever give anything a go. You have a huge block in trusting your own feelings. Like, what is the truth? Can you ever know when there's been so many games that have been played out and everything's had an agenda in, in carrying it in one direction or the other or making you pick a side or that what you do is always your motivations are being questioned all of the time in a very adult way, in very adult games when you're not ready for those games yet. And so you end up feeling guilty a lot of the time and you're meant to. It's their ultimate aim is to make you feel guilty, make you feel sorry for them, make them the victim, make you question everything. 
And one of the aspects that I have worked with a lot in families over the years, and I was quite shocked the first time that this came about, and this can happen for both the, the parent who is taking on raising the, the children, or it can happen for the other siblings. And very often there will be one sibling in the family who reminds you whose personality is very similar to the person who has possibly been quite abusive and quite difficult to live with. And, you know, there may have been some event that triggered the actual separation of the marriage or of the the, the family unit, the, the breakdown of that. There's quite often a, a traumatic event that takes place. And so everyone ends up feeling very down on that particular child because they remind them so much so of what they've left behind. In the same way they're out of balance and they're having the same games and the same guilt trips and the same dynamics played out and in they can recognize an aspect of themselves and the parent and really worry about that and that that's an aspect for them too. It's an extra burden on their mind space and it can make them act out in a negative way too because they don't know what to do with it. They're, they're young and they haven't seen enough of life and they just think that they're all bad and that they're going to turn out like this parent and turn into a horrible person. So they have this whole story and script going through their minds as well. And then everybody else in the house can end up feeling very down on them and can end up taking sides and feeling like they're protecting the other parent. And because they've been asked to take on this role of pseudo partner as well, they almost feel like they're a parent to that sibling, that they're interfering in a way. And, and stepping in and bossing that person around like a parent because they're being treated like this sort of pseudo-adult in a relationship that they're not really in and that they're not supposed to be in. And so they're alternating between these very confusing roles rather than just simply being a sibling and realizing that their sibling is not only going through what they're going through, but they're going through it on an extra level because they're questioning everything about themselves too. They're questioning their self even more. They have an even worse negative self-talk pattern happening in their own head because they're afraid of who they're going to grow into. You know, so there's, there can be so many layers to these dynamics that take place and so many I suppose they're almost like treads that, that a person can pull to to sort of puppeteer the whole house and in these separations too you always spend a certain amount of time with each parent as well often and rally between them and then as people move on I've known situations where the parents will meet new partners and they may, they may also have children and so that also comes into the dynamic. And so it gets even more complicated in, in what's being played out, in who you feel you are and who you feel you're being treated at any time. So I really love this Leonardo da Vinci quote, which is that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So there is an element of having talked all of that out where you can feel Yes, that's, that's so much what I'm going through and it all feels like this soup that I'm trying to swim through. You know, it's a bit like fish chowder and, you know, the sharks are still alive. And it's how do I make my way out of the other side of this? And I suppose luckily for me, because I've had the opportunity to work with people for long enough, I have got to see people leave the other side of this and I've got to see them develop pretty good relationships with all of the people involved, but more importantly, to learn to put in their own boundaries, to create their own self, to understand the aspects of distrust 
that are started to be created in them and so on. And they've managed to have very good first relationships themselves. And I think that's the most important thing. I think it's the most important cycle to try and change here so that the next generation feel that they can meet people and have much better relationships. And I've been fortunate enough to see that 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 is possible. It's not just a theoretical idea for me. So it is quite simple. What do you need to change? You need to see everyone else as an individual who is hurting too, including the ones who hurt you. But you're not responsible for them, especially when they're the adult. You need to see that your sibling is not the abuser or automatically the person who's going to grow into somebody who plays similar games. You need to realize that they're acting out their pain too. You need to reward yourself for your own wins. You need to achieve for you, no one else. It's very important. You don't need to protect others as a team. You just need to empower them to be themselves, just as you need that as well. You need to recognize that it took a lot of self-growth for your parents to separate from the relationship. You need to realize that that took time, that they suffered too, in the same way as you're suffering now. You don't need to hold grudges on their behalf. They've got their own journey to do. You need to see where they are now, not where they were in the past. You don't need to tolerate bad behavior. You get to decide how others treat you. You always hold the possibility for people to grow beyond their mistakes, but it's not your job to fix them. You can't fix people. Even I don't fix people. All you can do is meet them where they're at now and refuse their projection when it's directed at you. Refuse the guilt that they're trying to put onto you. But most importantly, you need to recognize your own worth and create your own wins for yourself. You're not trying to keep anybody else happy. And you need to recognize that there is a game being played out to try and separate people rather than make them feel like they're together. And you need to recognize that that's just a form of hurt that's being played out and that you don't have to pander to it. But ultimately what gives me hope is that I have seen people go through these very messed up pseudo relationships and come out to the other side and have very healthy, functioning relationships themselves. It is possible to change the pattern here for good.